0: I think the key to building long-term wealth is to invest in assets like real estate, the stock market, and also to build cash flow businesses that allow you to buy more assets. I think it's almost a combination of the two.
1: Welcome to the Great Investor Podcast, a podcast about real estate entrepreneurs, visionaries, and the stories behind the legacies they're creating. I'm your host Rob Chavez, and on today's episode, I have Wendy Papasan from Austin, Texas with us. Now, Wendy is one of my superheroes. Wendy's an agent investor who has a team that absolutely crushes real estate in the Austin market. And she's also an active real estate investor with her husband, Jay Pappasett. Together, over the course of 20 plus years, they've built a really impressive real estate practice that, like I said, encompasses uh, investments, uh, teams, and uh, construction. And as you listen to this episode, what you're gonna hear is uh, this concept of creating a hassle-free life. I really love this concept. In fact, I even encouraged her to write a book about it, The Hassle-Free Investor. And uh, that uh, philosophy really came from trial and error through the years of learning what worked for them and what didn't work for them. And eventually they settled on a thesis that really worked for their family. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Wendy Papasan. Great. Guess what? Today, I have a close personal friend, Wendy Pappasan from Austin, Texas. She's going to sit down with us for 45 minutes or so and, and share a little bit about her wisdom uh, and how she has created wealth through real estate investing. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's my pleasure. So... The way I always like to start these off is to really understand a little bit about the entrepreneur and your thinking um, when it comes to how you started on this real estate investing journey. When did it, when did it start and, and, uh, and what does it look like today? So let's, let's go back in time. Sure. When did it start?
0: Yeah, well, so my real estate investing journey just started with uh, our first home. So when we were thinking about selling our first home and moving into our second home, someone suggested that we keep it as an investment property. And I think my husband and I were like, wait, what? What do you mean? And um, I can remember our first tenants that we had, they pulled up in their BMW and we knew how much they made and they made more than us. And it was a life-changing light bulb moment for me because I realized that even though we were a lot uh less wealthy than the people that were moving in, we had an asset that they didn't. And mm. it was it was just a big light bulb moment for me. Mm. Um and so that's really where it began. And uh we've actually kept all of our houses that we've ever lived in.
1: And uh, every single one? You've never sold any of them? No. Oh that's awesome. That's yeah awesome.
0: we the only the only The only thing, the only house we ever bought that we sold was our very first flip, Mm. and Mm. I wish
1: we'd kept it. (laughs) Yeah, number one regret that I I hear from most investors is I wish I just kept more. But it sounds like you kept a lot. We kept, we kept
0: most. Yeah, we kept, we kept everything that we could, Mm. except for that first flip. There was another. We we owned a duplex with a partner, and the partner had to sell, and it was two thousand and nine, and we didn't have the money to to to. Basically buy them out, um, or it was it was, and it was tough to refinance because it was two thousand and nine, because uh, mm-hmm. the lending had really locked down, and I I was just beginning my real estate career. I hadn't been working in five years, so we just we we didn't have the we didn't have the opportunity to do it. I mean, knowing what I know now, we probably could have easily gotten the money from,
1: yeah,
0: a friend or something like that. But we just didn't know. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. When
0: when when did you buy that first property? So we bought that first property in, so we moved to Austin from New York City in 2000. Mm -hmm. Jay started working at Keller Williams in 2001 and he had a conversation with Mo uh, where she shared with him that he should be tracking his net worth and he came home that day and we figured out what our net worth was. We were both about 30 and our net worth was was about $2,000. Mm. Uh, which was great. You know, it was in the positive, but it was a, also a big light bulb moment for us because we realized, gosh, we've, we've both been working for 10 plus years and we only have $2,000 to show for it. Mm. And it was a big mindset shift because we'd m- moved from New York where most people rent, where all of our friends were renters in New York. Mm. I don't think we knew a single person who owned in New York. And we had moved to Austin and we were we were renting and it was such a so inexpensive to compared to New York, we literally said to ourselves, we're going to rent forever. It's so inexpensive here. <laughs> and, um, and so then after that conversation, we realized that, hey, it's not about the income. It's really about your net worth. And so immediately we decided we wanted to buy our first house. So within a year uh, of being in Austin, Texas, we bought that first house And I love the story of this little house because it was, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. It was a little 1940s uh, stucco, weird layout. We just liked it. We loved the neighborhood. Um, It was kind of an up and coming neighborhood. And we put three and a half percent down. So we spent about, I think it was about $175,000. So we spent about $7,000, some of most of which we borrowed to get that house. And now that house, 20 years later, has appreciated. Um, We've had tenants in there for 17 years who've paid the debt down. Oh, wow. And and it's worth about (laughs) $925,000. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. So we turned that $7,000 into, you know, close to $800,000. You know, it it took 20
1: years, but... You know, but it but it it sounds like well, there's a couple of things, right? We have natural appreciation that does occur, but it almost sounds like you you found a pocket or an area that was going to go through some kind of renaissance, right? Mm-hmm. A resurgence, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which is you know, which is a strategy at the time you probably did were weren't thinking that, but uh, yeah, I mean, like we we were in a way because we
0: had uh, we we were selective about the neighborhood we we at the time there wasn't a traffic issue in Austin and a lot of our friends were buying much bigger houses further out, much bigger, nicer houses for the same price. And we really said, you know, we kind of, we kind of want to be close to downtown. We feel like that's where the value is. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we just turned out to be right. I mean, at the time there was very little activity downtown. Now it's bustling with every company from Facebook to Apple. I mean, literally every tuck. Company that you can imagine. And so we're two miles from, you know, that house was about two miles from downtown.
1: Wow. Yeah. And I guess Facebook is now known as Meta, right? The new name. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and Meta. that, that, that'll, we'll have to do a whole podcast on that because that, that is, it's crazy what's going to happen with, I think, real estate and NFTs and blockchain over the next five to 10 years. So that, yeah. that, that'll be a different topic. Yeah. But okay. So you bought that house and that was the first one. How long did you live in it before you bought the second one?
0: Uh, we lived in it for three years. And um, that is when I had—I got pregnant with my first baby. And uh, we decided that uh, having a second bathroom was probably going to be good for our marriage. <laughs> um, and it's true. It helps a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least a bigger master. Um, and so yeah, we bought that second house, which is another amazing story. We uh we bought that for $245. So it was really a it was a lateral move for us because we knew we wanted to keep the first property. Um, it was definitely bigger and it had two bathrooms, uh, pretty much the same neighborhood. Uh, but the price, it just wasn't a huge price jump.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and that's just a lesson for everyone we moved a little bit further away from downtown and we got a a little bit bigger house but it was basically a lateral move and the reason we did that is uh we didn't want to sell the house and take the equity out so mm-hmm. again we put very little down you know i think we ended up putting f- maybe 5 to 10% down mm-hmm. this time um it was And we looked for a while and we looked for a disc, a a house that, that had a discount. So it was an estate sale. Mm -hmm. It was in 2004 when the market wasn't hot in Austin. And we, um, we, we, we got it at a discount. It was multiple offers, which was very rare then. So Mm -hmm. even when I look back and I look at the numbers of what was selling around there, we got a good deal on it and it wasn't sexy. You know, the countertops were bright yellow. It was a 1970s ranch house. It needed a lot of work. And um, and so that house, which we bought for 245 10% down, uh, we lived in that for another eight years. Yeah. And um, now that cash flow is about $2,500 a month. Yeah. And it's worth about $1.2 million. Oh, my god.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, but but you said it wasn't hot in two thousand four in Austin, so that's interesting because in other parts of the U.S., like two thousand four was on fire.
0: Um. Well, did, it, to, yeah, not really. Not in this neighborhood. So this okay. neighborhood was not turned. Didn't didn't have a lot of young people living in it. Was mostly full of older people. I remember pushing mm-hmm. my baby carriage around and and just really not seeing any other families. Um, And now that neighborhood, Barton Hills, which is where we also bought our third house, is probably the best neighborhood in Austin now, randomly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we we benefited. I mean, I'd like to say we
1: were super smart, but there's for sure luck there, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, well, it, it's, sometimes it's just intuition and you don't know how to kind of mm-hmm. define intuition. Yeah. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I like this area. You know, mm-hmm. we did the exact same thing. We, we kind of bought laterally when it came to price points, mm-hmm. except... We bought in a in in a neighborhood where we we were by far by far the youngest. I was like, mm-hmm. I like we we're the only ones here with with kids. Isabella yeah. was like two years old, yeah. Um, but we made the mistake of selling it. Right, we sold it a few years later and made I don't know two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which was great. Like, um, but that house today, like properties today on on that lot, yeah, one point eight two million dollars. Dang. Right. So we had a little. <laughs> it was a little rambler on that house. So we, you know, to get it to, to the asset that it is today, you'd have to tear it. Yeah, down.
0: update yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. But
1: but um, but yeah, I look back and say, ah, oh, mm. I wish I'd kept that one. Right, that's the one that my wife is always like, I love that house. So. Oh, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> well, what was nice about that house is, is when we bought our third house, and we bought multiple investment properties along the way here too. But when we bought our third house. We lived in it for several years, um, and I bought it because of the lot mm. and it was a little bit of a lipstick. I would call it lipstick on a pig kind of house. Mm-hmm. And we bought that one for six ninety-five, and we knew we wanted to remodel it. So we were really looking for a, uh, we didn't really care about the house that much. It actually had foundation issues, mm. not bad, but for a while we lived with a big crack across our living room, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but we liked the lot and there was a pool. Mm. Uh, so it was a really big lot in our neighborhood. And I just had the feeling like at some point, you know, having a big lot in this neighborhood is going to be very valuable. Mm. So we um, waited to remodel until we could pay cash for it. So we took that house that, was, that we bought for $695. Uh, we dumped about $800,000 into it. We actually took it all the way down to the studs. We mm. added 600 square feet. And, um, you know, at the end of it, we ended up making about $300,000 on that in equity, And that mm-hmm. house has appreciated as well. So. Is that
1: yeah. where you guys still live today? That's where we live. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's our house now. Okay. And so, and well, let's, let's, let me, let me step back real fast. Right. It sounds like you, you saved $800,000 to do the remodel. Is that right? That or is did you pull? Wow. It's a lot of money to save, right?
0: Yeah, it was it was a huge motivator for me in my real estate business, and so yeah. it was a really, really, it was the the most profitable year I've ever had in my real estate business because I was really motivated.
1: You know what year? What year was that? Two thousand and eighteen. Interesting. One of the most profitable yeah. years I had too was 2018. Mm-hmm. Right, twenty eighteen. So, um. So okay, so you saved money in order to do the remodel on this, and mm-hmm. you got uh, you know, obviously increased the equity value of that asset. Along the way, were you then buying other properties as well, mm-hmm. um, and then what what does the portfolio look like today? Yeah, so we have twelve properties, mm-hmm. um, including our
0: house, and um, and so what that looks like is it's it's really when when I started investing. Um I started investing right when my kids were born because I quit my job in marketing and I was a stay-at-home mom and um you know I just needed more to do and Jay wrote The Millionaire Real Estate Investor and so I got the bug for investing and that's actually why I started my real estate business is because I wanted to save money on investment properties so my heart has always been in investing um the real estate team has occupied a ridiculous amount of my time and energy for the past 12 years in a good way. I've learned a lot as a leader, but my heart is still really Mm -hmm. with investing. So our goal was to, uh, because I was always dragging my two babies around with me, I was to find something that was within a couple miles of our house. Um, and so all of our properties at that time that we purchased were close Mm -hmm. and, um, I think the first one I bought was off was actually off Craigslist. A, f- a friend of mine was like, "Hey, check out this property on Craigslist." Good old Craigslist. Yeah. I know. And I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't in real estate. It was a tiny house. It was 670 square feet. I think we bought it for
1: 130,000.
0: Mm. Um and, you know, one of the bedrooms didn't have a closet. I didn't know. I mean, what do I know? Um and so what's great about that property though is i just it's very charming i always loved it mm. and also in a in a highly appreciating area and what we've decided to do now is, is we're actually adding on to that so a lot of what we're doing with our investing now is because i'm just a big fan of like the hassle-free mm. hassle-free life and mm. so for me since so many of our properties um the the land is almost worth more than the houses we're we're trying to find the highest and best use for all of our properties so for instance like remodeling our own home um and then this little property that we bought off Craigslist it was a rental for many years and then i was really looking for like a a triple net property a, a cute little house that i could move my real estate team into and mm-hmm. so then actually we we're driving by St. Elmo one day and my husband said to me, he's like, Wendy, why don't you look at turning St. Elmo into a commercial property?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So hired an architect. I knew the lot was really big. We basically doubled it in size. So it's still pretty small. It's 1,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm in the process of remodeling because in the meantime, we've started a home repair and remodeling company. So I've got my team there. Um, awesome. Fixing. We
1: could, yeah. We can talk a little bit about the remodeling piece, and probably share some more stories after some time. We've been running mm-hmm. ours now for four years, mm-hmm. and so uh, we'll banter back and forth on that at a later time. Yes, like. another day, um, another day. Okay, so you want to now c- take these properties and, and really find their their highest and best use, mm-hmm. right? So it's not about more; it's about squeezing. Um, more from what you currently have, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, that would be a great book, um, the Hassle Free Life, right? <laughs> great book, Hassle Free Life. Your your rules on real estate investing or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we're talking about the Hassle Free Life. Trying to squeeze more from what you already mm-hmm. have, right? Is that just kind of like a core philosophy that you and Jay have? Um.
0: I don't. I don't know if I'd call it a core philosophy, but yeah, I think it's a it's a nice way. It's a nice way to do things. So a- after we finish the remodel on this one, we have several other properties that we can put accessory dwelling units on. It's really mm-hmm. common in Central Austin. I don't know if it is where you where you are. Um, we have several properties that kind of fit the bill there, uh, which is either you know to tear down, tear down the front unit and build two units and rent them both out. Um, or to keep the keep the front one and add one on the back cuz you can add up to 1100 square feet and you know what you're doing then is you know in Austin you could still build for 2 250 a square foot and hmm. you can't buy anything for 250 a square foot so um it's just a way to keep our cash flow up and then you know rent, uh, so the taxes here are, ho- are horrible you know they're 2 mm-hmm. we pay 2.3% in taxes and when you've got a property that you bought for 245 and it's now worth 1.2 million dollars and you're paying taxes on that that really cuts into your cash flow
1: and mm-hmm. so this
0: is a way to kind of um and then at some point honestly i, I you know we're going to turn around and sell these properties it doesn't make sense to have I mean, we literally, that house that's $1.2 million, we owe $29,000 on it. So does it make sense to have a million dollars in equity in it? Probably not, but it's, it's easy. Well, you could always get a line against that. For that sure. Property. And we've done that. And we've done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done, we've definitely done that before. Or
1: even, or even owner finance those properties to some, you know, somebody in your, in your network and, mm-hmm. and just. You get that annuity because if you did sell them, I mean, then the problem becomes like, where do you take that money? Sure. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. I have to pay capital
0: gains on it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no. And, 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 you know, my hope is that someday, uh, you know, now I've got three properties, all, you know, the first three houses we ever owned. Now I've got a house for each of my kids
1: in my neighborhood. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so what is the next you know, ten years now look like for you when it comes to the investing. What I heard you say earlier was, "Hey, I've built this agent team. The agent team is great. I've learned a lot in that process, and and yet my heart's always been on the investment and mm-hmm. wealth building side. And so, are you going to spend more time on that side? Um, what does what does that look like for you?
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm really interested in kind of going down this development road. So, getting our team together, getting uh, you know, obviously construction's at a premium here in Austin. So it's a good business to be in right now. And yeah, just seeing how that shakes out. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I, I am a big thinker, but often I think with the real estate journey, it's been sort of like one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so to be really honest, like that's what I'm really interested in is that, is that development piece. And I'm just going to see where it goes. I'm, I'm a, about to hire a new person to run that company and mm-hmm. um, someone with an extensive background in construction management. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's kind of, I'm
1: interested in that. Well, it's interesting as a leader, part of you know, part of our responsibility, part of our job is to create more opportunity for people within the organization. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a natural extension uh, and an evolution of being able to say, okay, now we're really, we've built this foundational sales machine and now, what we're doing is we're going to build a wealth platform within the team, mm-hmm. and the development arm allows you to be able to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it just seems, by the way, it's like we're kindred spirits with this because that's, know. My, that's my same journey. <laughs> I know we're oh we're like yeah. the same person. Every time we talk, I'm just like, <gasps> I just want to hug you. I, I'm like, dude, that is exactly how I'm yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And especially because my, you know, my little one's 19 now. So she's not little anymore. And Mm -hmm. I'm in this weird, like empty nester thing. And I'm like, I'm still 25. And I got a long way to go. So yeah, Yeah.
0: well, and we're and we're the same way, you know, because my kids are 17 and 16. So I'm, I'm just
1: like a couple years behind you as far as that goes. And yeah, well, I'm excited to see what you end up building there. So let's let's talk a little bit about challenges that you've had as you've been building this right because it's not easy right uh building a business is difficult buying investments many times some you know there, you can get in trouble sounds like you guys have had this good ride with these assets but have you ever gotten in trouble on any investments that you've done or have you ever gotten yeah. punched in the face, you know, yeah, for
0: sure. Yes, we have. So the worst investment we ever made was in about 2006. I think it was when, uh, you know, the market was red hot. Uh, a lot of development was happening around Austin and there was a Keller Williams agent and this was before I was an agent. So, uh, there was a Keller Williams agent who, um was affiliated with a builder and got us to invest um in buying a house in a new new home community mm-hmm. and the idea was is we gave our credit up and um and then we got to like split the profits at the end
1: mm-hmm. and
0: honestly, it sounded like too good to be true. I said to Jay, I was like, this sounds too good to be true <laughs> and um and in fact, at one point i was i had such a bad feeling about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I called this other, this agent who was pulling us into the deal. And I said, I just don't feel comfortable with this. I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And he got us on the phone. He got Jay and I and the builder on the phone and basically kind of like hoodwinked us back into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was lesson number one is you should always listen to your gut. You need to listen to your intuition and, I let somebody who I felt that I trusted and was more experienced kind of just just hoodwink me. Mm-hmm. So what happened is is the builder was not a good builder. Uh, the builder did not finish most of the homes in the community. The, bu- the bank uh, was not did not have oversight. and so a lot of our money that we that we took out as a loan got spent. Uh, or the builder took off with, and we ended up with a home that was not finished. Mm, mm. So we needed about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to finish the home. And this was at a point where I was—I hadn't been working
1: mm-hmm.
0: for two years. We were living on one salary. We were buying investment properties, so our, we were very cash poor. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, we were saddled with one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt. Uh, mm-hmm. The house did get finished. Mm -hmm. Um, but it sold, um, at a loss. Well, Mm -hmm. actually we kept it as a rental property for two years, but it was so far away. It was in Marble Falls. Mm -hmm. And so I would drive out there and it was so stressful and it it just was, you know, I had a, I had like a one and a two year old at the time. I mean, the whole thing (laughs) was just, was incredibly stressful for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so then we ended up we ended up keeping it as a rental for two years. And ironically, had we, you know, had we done like we did everything else, we'd kept it, um, we would have done probably very well with it. But I just, I didn't know what to do. So I actually hired a realtor. This is before I got my license. And we ended up selling it at, uh, and ended up with $150,000 in debt. So the mm-hmm. bank who was facilitating the loan, they actually led us because we opted not to sue them. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz i said to Jay, I, said, I don't think anything good is going to come from suing this bank i think at if anything we need this bank to move forward mm-hmm. uh, and so we did we weren't a party to the lawsuit and they allowed us to keep that debt uh as as unsecured just mm-hmm. pretty not normal not and normal. at a pretty low ru- interest rate so it was a 5% interest rate and so, yeah, we kept that debt for many, many years, and it was just a reminder of what had happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time you make that, every time you make that payment, yeah, you know, ouch, yeah, ouch.
0: But yeah. here's the good part. So ironically, we we finally paid that debt off, and um when the pandemic hit, I you know, of course, all of us were applying for PPP money, and I went to my bank, which was a, a major chain bank. And they just, they didn't have any. They just said, you're going to have to get in the wait list. And uh, I was like, you're kidding me. I have 14 accounts here. Do you know how much money I have in your bank? And um, and so then I went back to that little bank outside of Austin. And they're the ones that ended up getting me my PPP. That's oh. our Because of our good relationship for so many years. Yeah. So
1: it ended up kind of working out. Another powerful lesson, right? Mm -hmm. Relationships matter. Yeah. You didn't burn that bridge. Oh, man. That's great. I got goosebumps thinking about that. That's crazy. Full circle. Full circle. Full
0: circle. Full circle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a painful one. That's a
0: painful one. Yeah. $150,000 lesson plus all the stress. (laughs) All the stress.
1: Yeah, I've got one. I've got one of those. I've got one of those, right? And, and I'm like, we're just gonna keep it. No, no, no. This is about you now. We're gonna. Ke- I'm like, we're gonna keep that one, and we're just gonna keep it forever, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, it's in a little town. There's, I mean, literally, it's this town is not appreciated in like 40 years. Wow. And it's it's a triplex, and it's in a bad part of town. And I'm like, I think I'm just gonna make it into a park. I literally think I'm just going to make the. Tear, tear it down. down tear I, it down. Nice. Yeah. And make it into a park and just be like, this is our little park. <laughs> right. <I love laughs> that. Rob yeah. Chavez Memorial, Memorial yes, Park. Think, <laughs> yeah. I'll call it like Isabella's Park or something Yeah. Like that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. big cool. It's great. Okay. So that was a, yeah, that's a big lesson learned. Um, so what I heard there was, there was some speculation as opposed to real investing, right? Mm-hmm. You were speculating on mm-hmm. probably, hey, um, once this gets completed, the value is going to be that much higher, but then the market changed and the builder was mm-hmm. bad and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was bad. Yeah. And I saw a lot of that happen during that time. Okay. okay. So was that the only one? That's been the only one? Or did you?
0: Um, so the first flip that we did, uh, I, would, I would say it wasn't a failure, but it wasn't really a success. So when Jay uh, was writing The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, he decided he should probably do a flip So Mm -hmm. he and I and Dave Jenks and their research assistant at the time, Heather Iaruso, we all formed a partnership Mm. and uh, we got with an experienced investor agent in town um, and we bought a house for $50,000 in Austin, which is like amazing to me to think that you could (laughs) even do that back then. I know it's so amazing. And we um, we ended up doing a lot of sweat equity, and I think I did the majority of it because I, re- I wasn't working. So again, it was like dragging my kids out there. I mean, my poor children, they're probably like, no investing for us ever. Yes, yes. Um, and we ended up hiring a cut-rate plumber to save money who did not... Um, no, not a cut-rate like plumber, a cut-rate foundation um, mm. person, which... Everybody knows you're not supposed to do that. I can't believe this experienced investor agent let us do it. But I, but I think we probably were looking at the numbers and we're like, no, we'll go for, we'll go with this guy. Yeah. And so then um, they ended up wrecking the p- plumbing, um, mm-hmm. and there, there was no, there was no warranty. Mm. so you know it just ended up kind of being a wash we didn't make any money um i wish we that's the one i wish we'd kept um mm-hmm. later i went to show a house next door to it and it was like three hundred thousand. so
1: um you know that was that was another, that another was, lesson that, that was a free education essentially that because. was
0: free yeah and actually i do, I do think we made about two thousand dollars so you know it was between feet and four people and yep. it's
1: you went. Yeah. You went. You went to class, and they paid you to go to class. Hundred percent. That, that's yeah. great.
0: That's 100%. a great return,
1: right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. So, I love that. Yeah, that well, wasn't too bad. What I, you know, what I'm hearing is just this, this progression, right? Like you buy them, you've been holding on to them for some time. You, you realize that, you know, just looking back, I think investors in general, like if if you've got a long enough time horizon, that is the key, right? Everybody's yeah. always thinking hey, I want to fix and flip or I want to wholesale or I want to do lease options. And, and I'm like, you know, the game is really to hold on to these. Athletes. It's a get rich, slow scheme. That's it. That's it. And it's not like you're going to make cash flow overnight. You know, everybody has this vision. I know I did Had this vision of I'm going to buy these rental properties and then I'm going to live off of the cash flow mm-hmm. like year two, year three. And I'm like, yeah, oh. you're like, I'm going to buy 10 properties in the next three years.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen because there's expenses too. Um, Mm -hmm. And really, I think the key to building long-term wealth is to invest in assets like real estate, the stock market, and also to build cash flow businesses that allow you to buy more assets. I think it's almost a combination of the two, unless you're willing to. Unless your freedom number is like fifty-five thousand dollars a year, which my freedom number is not. That it's not exorbitant, but I can't live on that. You know, I don't want to live on it. So.
1: Yeah, I I agree. You need what I always say. You need that active income machine, mm-hmm. right? Like a real estate team, or it could be a wholesaling team, or it could be some kind of fix and flip team. But that's an active income, and the purpose of that is to take that active income and flip it. I call it the income flip to the passive mm-hmm. income side. To hit whatever your freedom number is. Mm-hmm. And why don't you define for people like what a freedom number is? Like what? Explain the concept of that so that our listeners understand. Yeah. Well, so I believe
0: that wealthy is having enough passive income to fund your perfect life. Mm -hmm. And whatever your perfect life is, is your perfect life. It might be $55,000 for me. It's not, it's not that because I want more and I have people in my life that I, a lot of people in my life that I take care of. Mm -hmm. And so your freedom number is really the point where your passive investments are paying your lifestyle. Yeah, and so I am
1: financially free. Jay and I are financially free, and it's a great feeling. Yeah, you know, you know how uh, what's his name, Dave Ramsey, does the debt-free uh, yeah. scream. We need to have like a financially free scream. Ah, ah, yeah, know. yeah, that is awesome. When did yeah. when did you guys cross that threshold? How long ago was that?
0: Um, it's been a while to, to be honest, Rob. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know, but it's been, it's been a while. Cause we have, so about 57% of our net worth is in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, about 10%, 12% is in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a lot of the rest of it's in businesses. So, you know, Jay yeah. has two businesses that he runs inside, mm-hmm. you know, with KW, I've got the real estate, the remodeling, and then I have my like, you know, my side
1: hustle, uh, her best life. And, um, and by the way, I cool. saw pictures of that, which was it was looked phenomenal. How many people so great. Did you guys have there uh, we sold four hundred tickets What? yeah, was, yeah we sold four hundred tickets, yeah, and that's
0: becoming a reoccurring a thing. source of revenue, yeah, so that'll be a passive income producer for me pretty soon and that and that company's great because that's a seventh level business for me, and for those of you that don't know what that means is. I um I work very little in the business. I am the chairman of the board, but I'm I'm also a business owner and so we've hired talented people to run that team and we've seventh leveled that business and that business in the space of about 48 hours went from a $250,000 a year revenue business to a $2 million a year revenue business. So it just goes to show hiring the right people is everything. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. everything, right? Um, wow, I'll have to I'll have to pitch your brain a little bit on that. That's definitely a who, not mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And is the model for that subscriptions, coaching? I would imagine probably subscriptions mm-hmm. and coaching. For yeah, that me- model. membership, mm-hmm. membership. Okay, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, it's a great business to be in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you guys running a podcast for that right now?
0: Uh, Empire building is kind of affiliated with it. Okay. So yeah. And
1: by the way. But you guys just won, I think, Podcasts of the Year. We did Pretty- from Invent, Yeah, Innovator. Yeah. Inman Innovator of the Year. We were totally shocked.
0: We had no idea that we were even nominated. So somebody texted us the night we won. We, It wasn't even on our radar yeah. to be <laughs> watching or thinking about it. We didn't even know we were nominated. So it was a fun surprise.
1: Well that's cool. That's when you when you're doing good things and you're planting good seeds and you're just, you know, coming from contribution and helping people move forward, good things happen. So. Yeah, well and I was like, who
0: nominated us? And they were like, a lot of people did. Your fans nominated you. So we were like,
1: "What? Amazing." Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, Wendy, any last tips um on uh, for new investors just getting started, right? Um whether it's on whether it's tracking net worth, because I, I heard you say that, I think that's really powerful and how you guys go about doing it. Maybe you have like a rhythm to it or maybe you don't. I don't know if you've got a rhythm to, to it, but any advice that you would give anybody that's kind of launching or in the middle of this, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out how to accomplish their, their freedom number?
0: I would say the thing that held me back the longest until I really got inside and got my real estate license and started getting, um, fed by Keller Williams is this idea of leverage. You know, I come from a small Midwestern community in Northern Minnesota where my whole family, you know, my whole extended family were farmers and Mm -hmm. it was like, get up at the crack of dawn. You work as hard as you can work. Um, you know, until the cows come home literally, and you do that your whole life. And, Mm. um, and then you, then you die. Mm. And, um, and so when I started uh, doing investing, that's really how I approached it. And, And that is how you need to approach it. There is a certain amount of sweat equity that you need to put in, but I would drag my kids and, you know, we would do make ready cleanings for, for all of our properties. I would I would paint the inside of properties. I would, um, anything needed to be fixed. I would, you know, a pilot light needed to be fixed on a water heater. I, I was, I was a landlady, you know? They're awesome. And, um, and I did that for many years. And, um, and then once I got inside of Keller Williams and I started learning about leverage, uh, I realized that a lot of that, it wasn't a waste of time. But it was eventually it was a waste of my time because mm-hmm. I my time could have been better spent doing things, uh, looking for other properties. Um, and so I just didn't really understand. And I wasn't working. So, yeah. you know, I didn't know the value of my time, honestly. But yeah, like cleaning those properties. I mean, you know, paying, I could have paid somebody else 80 bucks to do to do that. And they probably would have done a way better job than I did, honestly, because I'm not really a detail person. Um so that would be my recommendation is is understand your hourly wage even when you don't have a job job you know mm-hmm. think about the money that you made the previous year figure out your hourly wage and get help for the things that you're not good at or aren't a good use of your time.
1: That's great advice. Yeah, we did the same thing. I think there might be just like a natural rhythm to that. Like you got to do it yourself or at least you got to do know, it like, yourself. You yeah. feel like you you are earning it. But then eventually I was just like, babe, I'm I'm like I'm and done. By the way, I'm done. And she loves, Kim loves painting. She loves yeah. painting. I'm like, shoot me. I don't want to pay. Yeah. You. You oh. pay. If it's therapy for you, go ahead and paint. Yeah. But I'm like, we could pay somebody to do this. And she's like, ah, oh, but I want to do it. I'm like, okay. She's like, I just don't want to do the, the trimming The section. trim. I the know. Trim. That is the hard part. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely the hard part. Yeah. We
0: just pulled, uh we just remodeled that first house of ours. And Jay and I did a ton of sweat equity in there. And we actually put in the hardwood floors that were, or the laminate floors that were in there. And we just did a whole gut gut out remodel of that place, you know, 20 years later. Yeah. And we just pulled the floors out. I was like, oh. I was crying, you know, because it was, it was so, nostalgia. So, yeah. so
1: sentimental, you know, all that. I was like, we're pulling our sweat equity out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Wendy, thanks for sharing some time today with me and the grid family. I appreciate you. It's awesome. If people want to reach you, how would they do it? What's your Instagram handle? Mm-hmm. How do they reach you? You know, Wendy's in Austin, Texas, she runs a really successful real estate team in in Austin, Texas. So if you're thinking about investing in Austin, Texas, I would highly recommend you reach out to her and her team. How would people reach you, Wendy?
0: Uh, so my Instagram handle is Wendy Papazian. Uh, I have a pretty easy name to find. I got a weird last name, so that's pretty easy. And then I would also hope that anybody who's interested in building a big life and an even bigger business should listen to our podcast,
1: Empire Mm -hmm. Building. Yeah. And it's awesome. Empire Building is amazing. I get like two thumbs up to you guys. Right. Thanks, bro. Thanks so much. I'm off to ha- go have a big meeting right now that I got to get ready for. I so know,
0: I- yeah. Say hi to the big man for me. I definitely will. You yeah. take care. Good to Thank see you. so much. Good seeing you. Bye. Here. Bye-bye.